everybody, welcome back to We Are the Batman. I'm Mike. And this is Matthew. Uh, we are now continuing our spooky season uh, series of episodes as we get into uh, what I think everybody, I mean, all, first of all, every, of course they knew it was coming, we posted about it, but like also just, you figure we had to talk about it this month, we're doing this, talking about Batman, the long Halloween, the book, and the animated film. We're going we're gonna to cover both today, because um, I think it's doable, and uh, because why not? Uh, and I think it's actually kind of fitting that we're talking about Batman the Long Halloween right now because we're because next week we're going to be breaking down the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight, at least from a Harvey Dent perspective, borrows heavily yes. from the Long Halloween. Um, it's funny because and we'll talk about the Long Halloween again when when it comes time to talk about the Batman as well because the Batman is also heavily influenced by uh, the Long Halloween. Uh, which is how I read this uh, again for the show because I could I went to my mom's I got every long and short box I've collected over the years could not find my copy of Long Halloween and I know I've read it in the last five years so um, but we, as we've talked about on the show they make those collected box sets for the books that inspire the movie so I went and got the one for the Batman that came with a fresh copy of the Long Halloween that's a cool updated art anyway so Long Halloween the book um, this was uh, done by, uh, written by Jeff Loeb, art by Tim Sale. Um, this is known for being one of the most iconic, uh, most well-revered Batman story arcs. And people talk about, like, top five, top three Batman stories. I mean, I think most people put this in their top three, if not in their number one. Um, Matt, what is your history with Batman The Long Halloween prior to getting ready for this episode uh i mean tim sale is one of those artists i think i was a fan of his if memory serves he was on daredevil for a while um i'd have to fact check myself on that as i talk but i think i was a fan of his art before this so when it came to um <clears throat> pardon me you're this about jeff lober you're about jeff lober tim sale tim sale tim sale's tim the sale. artist yeah um <laughs> I thought, you said Jeff, I, thought you said, I thought you said Jeff Loeb, and I was really confused for a second. <laughs> yeah, because I think Jeff Loeb is, this is one of his, this is one of the ones, in my opinion, I think that puts him on the map. Like, he's not Oh yeah. big up oh, to this point. Oh, yeah. But this gets him there. Um, yeah. But no, I, I was a fan of Tim Sales. He's kind of what got me into it. I knew this was happening. I've never been one, I think we've said this before, I'm not the one to, to read the monthly Batman books because sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're not, but anytime it's like a special collection or a special edition or a special kind of thing, I'm really into that because I like a nice tight con contained story. I don't want to read 12 issues, Tom King about Batman trying to decide if he's going to go into Gotham to fight Bane or not. So <clears throat> I do. Do I? I like you know me. I like my long storytelling. It's... I, I, but I will say, even I have my limits, J.R. Tolkien. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but no. I, so I remember reading this as it came out at a monthly, at a, you know, every month, buying the next issue, buying the next issue, and and that was cool to kind of like, what's the next thing? However, yeah. this time, a, having read it, going like, I'm glad I don't have to read this month a month again because I'm trying to get some story here. I, I will say reading this and, and I, I haven't collected uh, regular releases in a long time. I'm pretty much a trade paperback buyer now. Just it's just cheaper. And I like to read my stories and, and all at once. Um, I, I will I will say having 
just now and again having read this front to back in the past but reading it front to back in particular for this show i remember thinking to myself same thing like man i'm glad because it's long like the long halloween is not short no it's, it's 12 it's, issues it's yeah it's 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 got some and these are these are not 12 small issues either i mean this book has some has some meat to it so <laughs> if i had had to read this thing week to week or month to month i might have not finished it honestly. <laughs> uh really interesting because because i even i had to take breaks when i was reading it because i was because it's a lot it's good it's very good but it's a lot it's a slow burn of a story and and again that is that is my jam but when it's a movie there's other things going on to keep me interested when it's a book i'm on my own and so i like with anything i can only read so much before i gotta i gotta take a break so but this one i think i kept with longer than i usually do like i remember when i was reading mr miracle um i i paused quite a bit because it's a lot to read um but the long halloween you know my history with it is you know it doesn't go back quite as far as most people because like like for a lot of people my age what first of all this story had come and gone by the time i was old enough to even start collecting comic books and um thanks buddy you're welcome (laughs) i gotta i gotta bring it up at least once a week and uh matt's old everybody and uh but no but also just it was at a time where these like uh, comic books weren't readily available like they are now so I know the first time I read this, I think I was in college because okay. um, I had an old copy that I had gotten somewhere at like a discount bookstore or something. It was like a, it was like an old. That's why I really want to find it. I'm still looking for it because it's an old copy, but it's in very good shape because I take care of my shit. So I'm trying to find it. But uh, so I first read it in college. And since then, I think I read it about I up until a few years ago. I think I was reading it about once a year around Halloween time because this is this is this is the time of year where I thrive. And uh but in the, in the midst of COVID and moving into a new house and all that and moving across states, it's it's somewhere I just don't know where. So that's kind of my history with it. Um, is is just it was one of those I came to it way late in life, long after it had come and come out and and been re released several times. So, um, but th- this is to keep talking longer and longer and not let Matt talk for some reason. I don't know why I'm talking so much today. <laughs> But because uh, I really like this book, this, this this is my bag. Like when when you talk about like why I love Batman, why I love comic books, like this is why. Like this is my jam. Yeah, this this is everything. Like this is, you know, not some. You know, is it in my top three Batman comics? Yeah, probably. But it's also in like top three comics that like if you had to sum up Mike Shea's taste in in the comic books, like this is the one of the ones going on there. Well, and I think, but this is like. The biggest complaint a lot of people have with the Batman movies is he's not enough of a detective. This is a yeah. detective story. Here's and here's here's what I love about that too. And this is something because when everybody whenever anyone talks about a good Batman detective story, they always say the long Halloween. And as they should, because it's a great one. But what's even better about that, what's kind of like like a hidden meta thing about Batman the Long Halloween is yes, it's a detective story. But even Batman isn't a detective yet in this story. No. He's having to come to grips with the fact he's like, I wasn't counting on being a detective. I wasn't counting on solving mysteries. I was counting on stopping organized crime. Because what a lot of folks forget is this is a continuation of year one. Correct. 
This is a replacement of year two because year two is not very good, even though it is what inspired Mask of the Phantasm. Mask of the Phantasm is better. Um, but this was meant to be a replacement of year two of year two. This is a couple years after. Uh, this isn't like a year after year one. It's like a couple of years after year one, I think. Um, and uh, this is this is Batman transitioning. And again, like we're going to talk about when we get to when we talk about the Batman again, but it's going to when that's kind of the lesson Batman learns at the end of that movie is I've been doing it all wrong. I can't just be this organized crime because it's like, I got to be something more. And that's what Batman learns in the long Halloween is like, I can't just go around punching mobsters. Like my, I have more, I have a bigger responsibility. Now he says as much when they first go to Arkham to visit calendar man. And he's like, I where they're like this, you know, Arkham is full thanks to you. And Batman's like, I wanted them in Blackgate. Harvey put them in Arkham. <laughs> and then, then there's this pause and he goes, and Harvey was right. Yeah. Because Batman is this this is one of those, this is one of the times in comics where you get to see character growth with Batman. Yeah. The Batman at the end of the long Halloween is not the one we start off with at the beginning. Well, and I think what what is interesting too, and I get into this kind of stuff when you talk about like this being a replacement for year two is like this book takes place over 13 months. Yeah. So, it's a, it's a year long story. So there's no saying the events of year two didn't happen as well. Like, I mean, you're talking about pockets of time within those months. You're not following every single thing he's doing. There's still other things that are happening That's while totally this fair. is going on. Um, they skip, they skip, they skip months at times. Yeah. Because every, because the whole thing is, if you don't know, is that, there's a uh, a serial killer named Holiday. We should probably break down what the hell this book's about for those who don't know. By the way, if you don't know, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, fair. But it's like every month there's a murder and it's blamed on this holiday killer. Yeah. And, and they're always on. It's always on a holiday. A holiday. So there's except, only there's except, times. Except for one. Yeah, except for one. And I was so mad they left this out of the movie. <laughs> there's like, so... I, I understand to... that. I understand that a time constraint. They already had to split it into two movies. I get it. <laughs> yeah. it but still. Yeah. No, it, it's interesting to me. We'll get to it in a little bit, but the stuff that they put into the movie that wasn't there mm-hmm. and the stuff that they left out that I think would have made it a better movie. It's, it's hit or miss with me when we, I mean, I guess we're going to get to the movie when we we're talking about the book. Yeah. There, there are some things they left out of the movie that were in the book that I wish they had put in the movie, but there was some stuff in the movie that wasn't in the book that I'm like, ah, the movie did that better. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 the book needed that. Uh, but yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. when We talk about more about the movie. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a serial killer killing people on holidays called so, the holiday called holiday. The, the papers call him holiday. I think it's interesting or her or, her, or, them. or them and not in pronouns away, but the no, fact it, that there's, it, more, it, than it, there's more than one because this was written in the eighties guys. <laughs> Yeah. This, is, this is written in the 80s. No, I, I think what's interesting to me, and I, I know they, they've they never touched on it because of comics, but it would be fun to have a moment of him going, Batman going, had I been smarter, I think I could have solved this first and maybe avoided the repercussions. Yeah. Because yeah. like, um, go ahead. spoiler alert, there's three of them, and one of them's Harvey Dent. Yeah. And had he realized before who the killer was earlier on, he maybe could have avoided Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face. 
Yeah. So that's that's where sometimes I wish we'd get some of that out of Batman. But I think, of course, there's been like two reboots of the universe. <laughs> so and every single one, Harvey Dent still becomes Two-Face. So maybe it's just a it's a it's a it's a fixed point in time. I don't, I don't know. know. It's just Flash one of those figured out. <laughs> It's one of those two where it's like they also pick and choose what stuff stays, what stuff goes. They're almost as bad as James Gunn with the DCU. <laughs> in, in James Gunn, we trust. Uh, it's yeah, it, it is. It, but that's also, again, I think that's why I like the book so much is because I think Batman himself knows like, yeah, I this was this was not what I prepared for. This was not what I had planned in yeah. being the Batman. And had I known this is the kind of stuff I would have been facing, I would have known what to look for. And yeah, so yeah, you're absolutely right. In hindsight, if he had known what to look for, if he if he knew what he was doing in this situation, yeah, he could have totally caught it. He would have known where to look. But he he admits as much himself when he's talking to Gordon towards the end, where he's like, "I've suspected Harvey for a long time. I just didn't want to say it out loud because it's Harvey." Yeah, and it's it, it's in the long Halloween that Batman first begins to not only develop his detective skills. But his general just distrust of everyone, it, you know, I, I, I need to go back and reread Tower of Babel again, but I would be willing to bet that at some point he mentions like, look, I have seen the best of us fall. I, like anything, anyone can go to the dark side for any reason. Everyone's got something that'll push them there. That's why Batman has his contingency plans for his friends. Yeah. And I, I, that mistrust begins in the long Halloween. I think it's, I think that's totally valid. Um, but no, I, I thought the I like, I like Tim sales art and I was wrong. Lee weeks is who was drawing daredevil. And I think Tim sales oh. the same person. So it makes me read the long Halloween. And then I'm like, Oh, it's a different guy. So that's why. So even though, the art is of Daredevil brought me to <laughs> yeah. this book. Well, while we're while we're talking about art and we're talking about Tim Sale, let's let's address some things about this book, can we? <laughs> you guys know I don't like to harp on negative, but we have to talk about it. I got I got because if I don't talk about it, it's gonna bug me. Do it. I really like ninety percent of the art in this book. Maybe ninety five. There's really only three things I don't like about the art in this book. Three. Okay. The first one is I don't like his design of Bruce Wayne. I think, Fair. I think he looks, I think he looks too generic. I think he looks too much like just calendar man with color. Honestly, there are a few times where like a scene is happening and I don't know the person I'm following is Bruce Wayne until somebody says his name. That's fair. Cause I'm like, I don't know who I'm looking at. Cause half the time he's got a hat on or something on or a disguise on. So I'm not always sure if what I'm seeing, but, and that is kind of the fun of comic books is like, you see something happen in a panel and you're like, Oh, was that set up earlier? And you flip back and it's like, yes, it actually was somewhere in the background. And you're like, Oh, that's cool. They thought about that. Bruce Wayne is so generically drawn in this book that it's hard to tell when it's him on, uh, on the page. Sometimes that's number one. Number two, one of the worst Catwoman looks I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's not a good look. I'm so glad they changed it in the movie. We'll talk about that more. Catwoman's had a lot of bad looks, and this is because this is this is still at a time where the writers didn't totally know how to write characters like Catwoman and Poison Ivy. They hadn't figured it out yet. They hadn't cracked the code. Um, and I think Catwoman's well written in this, but her look is 
She looks like a mouse. She looks like a mouse. She looks ridiculous. Um, it's it's weird, and I don't know what uh, Tim Sale's fascination is with claws, but like everyone has a claw hand, and it's weird, and it doesn't look good. And then the number three thing I got to mention, and I think we're both going to be in agreement, total agreement on this last one. This is the, one of the worst designs of the Joker I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's so bad. I think this is where like you get into like now you've got a Joker that looks almost like mutant or alien it's or so supernatural. It's kind of odd. And I know it's, that they, I, will, I will say this. It is hilarious. Like I laughed every time I saw it on page because it's so ridiculous, but I also do not like it. It's one of those nervous laughters like, oh, no, that's so bad. Yeah. Like, what are we what, what's happening here? What are we doing here? Like when you get such ter- terrible bad news at like work or something, or someone's like, "Hey, you just had like a like a like a four day project dropped on you," and you're like, "No, I fucking didn't," <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so that's kind of what the Joker now. And I, but I will say to counter that, this is some of the best Joker writing I think I've seen I, I've I've ever read. Uh, this is one of my favorite, as far as writing goes. This is some of my favorite Joker stuff is in this book in terms of just how chaotic but also funny the joker can be in this book there are sometimes the jokers genuinely laugh out loud hysterical in this but also terrifying and menacing but also that jawline <laughs> yeah that, that foot and a half long jawline <laughs> it, it's it gets it to almost uh parody in a way like I it just is. like I, I get it. I get you want to make him look different, but that it's, it, it's a. You know what it is? It gives me it gives me the vibe that that Tim Sale's Joker gives me is Tim Burton doing the '60s animated Joker. If you look at that '60s animated Joker that was in like the Scooby Doo cartoons and the really and the old Casey Kasem cartoons, the Batman and Robin adventures from the '60s and '70s, that had that weird triangle mouth with his cheeks all punched up like that, this is that if Tim Burton did it. Yeah, that's what this Joker reminds me of. No, it's a weird look, and as far as the Catwoman thing, I feel like. Cause you look it's at not a good costume. Well, the costume's weird. It's, it's what it's a, it's what David Muschietti who drew Batman year one. It's like Tim sales kind of doing an extension of that, but you're right. I, I think at redesign her costume, <laughs> but, but, but this is also, cause this is what, this is 85. Yes. No, 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 no. Year uh, one no. is 85. Year one's eighty five. Uh, Long Halloween is ninety six, right? Yeah. So you're, there's a yeah. plenty of a gap, but you could have done would, something different. Well, but not only that. Here's what I think they were trying to do. Because because to jump a little bit ahead in the movie, they redesigned Catwoman's look to look like a more um, a practical take on the '90s animated suit. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like the '90s animated suit, where it's like the like a dark gray with yeah. the black face. It's like it's like a take on that suit is what they do in the movie. Only a, it's a little more not not adult in the sense of like risque, but adult like for like this is this is what a grown up version of this suit would look like. Yeah. So I feel like they were trying to dis like like Tim Sale was trying to distance himself from that look as much as possible because at this point the show is on the air and it's wildly popular. 
Yes. So he wants a different look from that, and I get that. Maybe take another pass at it next time. <laughs> uh, it, it it's yeah, it's it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you, but at the same time, now that you say that, oh, I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, no, I get. You. Every time I saw a Catwoman on on the page, I I was like, uh, I would just I would just try to look at the speech bubbles like really closely. I don't want to look at the, at the at this suit. The suit is not good. Yeah. Um, but let's talk some of the other character designs in this book though because there's other characters in this book let's let's talk about the design of batman in this book what do you think i think it's i think it's batman from year one like i i don't know like this is where i get into artistic style or did you do this intentionally i've said this before i'm not a big fan of overly buff batman Mm. and i think he skirts the edge of you made batman a little too big he's he's still lean and lanky in this book but he's still he's also kind of swole like this is like because i know year one is supposed to be like year one of frank miller's dark knight returns ultimately yeah or um so so it feels like tim sale was going for like whatever the next logical step in evolution would be towards that version of batman and it's just it's just it's a little sometimes when you see like an evolutionary process not all the pieces parts are where quite where they need to be yet and this this feels like a transitional look for batman like whatever was going to come next was going to be improved upon uh because this is not a bad look for batman but it's not my favorite yeah this is where like again look i love jim lee to death i think his art is fantastic but he makes everybody if they're not in their 20s have the same build and i think with batman like you know when you look at a picture a poster that jim lee's drawn of batman and superman you really can't see a character it's just a big dude like chest out yeah so i I don't like my i don't like my batman to be like i don't mind a big beefy batman i prefer my batman to be physically unimposing but menacing because of yeah what he gives off because he's so good at, at the theatricality side of things yeah so it it's but i don't like that doesn't stick out to me horribly it's just every so often i'm like okay he's a little swollen this but whatever there's only one thing about this particular batman design that i'm not super hard up on and that's just how, how long the cape is i think this, that yeah this is like and I, we, we talked about this in our bat suit episode which is just like i there's two things i look for that i that i that i tend to take notice of with a batman design and that's how long the ears are and how long the cape is as much as i love grant morrison's jla run capes too long ears are too big um cape needed to be a little bit shorter i think i think the ear length is just fine for me i think it's like right because batman beyond is like as long as i like my batman ears anything longer than that's ridiculous um this cape is way too long. It's one of those where it's like it's like he walks into a room and the and, and ten minutes later the cape is still on its way in. Yeah. Uh, no. This, but this is also this is that time like all through the nineties. Oh every, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Batman's cape is just all over the place. They tried to make <laughs> Batman. The nineties were very big on like uh, proto demon Batman. Yeah. Like they tried to really make Batman a creature of the night to make him look as different from as to make him as as separate in appearance from Bruce Wayne as possible to varying degrees of success. Yeah. Um let's talk about the last big character design in this uh and that's Two-Face. What do you think of Two-Face's look in this? Cuz he's not in the book a lot. I'm talking about Two-Face by the way, not Harvey Dent. Two-Face. I think 
Two Face is a character that belongs in a comic. I think mm-hmm. in live action, it's really hard to do because it's, it's, well, it's, you know, there are certain things, you know, I, I called it cartoon physics or comic book physics. Like, you know, as cool as it looks for Batman to swing from place to place, that looks dumb in a book, in a movie, you know? Yes. Um, That's why the Batmobile exists. Yeah. But I think with, with Flat Harvey, yeah, with Harvey and Dent, the more deranged, messed up you make the Harvey side, the more cool and interesting it makes him because of the dichotomy of who he is but you you just can't do it in live action it just looks dumb it's hard it's very difficult we've only had a couple of examples of it one of which was tommy lee jones which is i mean we've we've talked about that it's not it's not a well done design um and then there's aaron eckhart in in the dark knight which we're going to talk about more next week so we'll just kind of gloss over it and it's just like and for that one, all I'll say is just it was kind of the big reveal of the movie because nobody knew what he was going to look like until they saw the movie. And for what they were going for, it worked. Yeah. But Two Face is the Two Face character design. Yeah, you're right. Is very hard to do live <laughs> action. And I'm very curious how they're going to do it with Michael Shannon when he plays him in the Batman because I'm totally saying that's going to happen because that's what I want to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think the design of him in the comics, especially in the Long Halloween, because sometimes the comics tend to make Two Face look like overly gross yeah you know what i mean they make him look they make him look like a corpse um or a, or a zombie uh this one for the long halloween they had to nail it they were like the, he's the main fit like we've got to nail it and and tim tim's design on two-face and this works very well it's a very very good honestly other than the ones we've mentioned all his other character designs are very good in this uh, like i love the look of comrade falcone Yes. I love the look of Calendar Man. Poison Ivy look. Poison Ivy looks very good in this. A lot of times, especially at this time, Poison Ivy just looked like softcore porn in a comic book. Yeah. And this one, I thought they actually handled how they work. This was one of the one of my favorite examples of Poison Ivy being used well in a book, and the design being, yeah, it's Poison Ivy, but she's not a stripper. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah. You get into the the skank and Ivy. I think is what I <laughs> like to call. It's like. Well, yes. it's it's especially in the '90s. Especially in the '90s, comics didn't know how to juggle Catwoman, Poison Ivy, and Harley Quinn. They just didn't know what to do. Especially Harley Quinn because she was so brand new. They just didn't know how to write them. Didn't know how to draw them. And so, and, and in the '90s, when everything was muscles and sex sells, yeah, it, it is what it is. But now we know, as, as now in 2023, we know like, oh no, these are actually three just very interesting characters who. Poison Ivy is a much more interesting character when she's not just there to poison fuck everybody. Yeah, <laughs> like, pretty much. Yeah, but no, so I, uh, but also, first time I read, first time I read this, I was like, oh, didn't think I was going to see Poison Ivy in this book. Interesting. Yeah, I think nice. the only other, I say complaint, but just observation is that I would have loved to seen the Long Halloween come out now. Because I think about um, because this is a ninety oh, book. Yeah, as a book. The book come out. A now. book. Because yeah. the thing of it is that this is the nineties, so there's definitely like a bit of a splash page, four panels per page kind of thing that Tim Sale does a lot in this. Mm. And given that it's a noir detective thing, I would have loved to see like something what they did with Mister Miracle, or Mitch Gerards and and Tom King did, where every page is nine panels, so that mm. you can really get a mood get a detective story. I think that's 
something reading it this time that I noticed that I, I think I was like, huh. So that's what we think of the art in this book. Um, let's let's we've we've and we've we've talked a little bit about what we like about the story, and but let's let's really dive into it with the story of this book uh, written by Jeff Loeb. Um, and like I said, I've said it a couple times, like this when it comes to Batman storytelling especially batman detective slow burn storytelling like yeah this is this is everything this checks so many of my boxes for me this is truly one of my favorite batman stories there's a reason it stood the test of time like it has and it's it's just it's just a really good mystery it's a really because even as a reader even me knowing the ending was just kind of like yeah no like they really set it up where this could be like anybody you know, is it a good mystery though? <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. It's a great mystery until the end. <laughs> it's great. It, if there's one thing the movie did better than the book, it's the ending. The ending of the book is, to use a term I, I've heard uh, a lot lately, that's one of my favorites. It's it's too complicated by half. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's like okay, cool, you're good. Ah, uh, you're less good. Ah, you're making it worse. Ah, you were you started off so good. I I think uh, yeah. I think my biggest issue, and I think it's a little different because it's a comic as opposed to a movie, is yeah. there are zero breadcrumbs for Batman to have figured it out. Yeah, it's one of those like it's it's the mystery works better in hindsight. I think at the time but i also think that's one of the things the movie just does better i think the movie just does a better job of laying out what like the actual investigation of the mystery you know what i mean yeah um it filled in it filled in some of that gray area in between that we don't get in the book the book almost reads like like you're reading a case file report you know what i mean well because here, like, here, let, let's i'm gonna go this far because this is my big yeah. gripe with this thing so what you're telling me is you have a gripe with something <laughs> Shut you up. guys can't tell because it's a podcast, but I'm flipping Mike off right now. Yeah, but no, I think like here's where I'll go. So and correct me if I'm wrong in the comic, the first three murders are committed by Mrs. Dent. I thought the first three murders were committed by what's his nuts. No, the first three murders are committed by her. Okay. And then because it's happening, Harvey becomes her copycat at the same time or during that time, the the boy, the Vito, what is his name? Vito? Uh, yeah, Vito. No, 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 not Vito. Um, 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 um. Uh, the one Jack Quaid voices uh, yes. in the movie. Crap right, we'll just call cracker. him Glasses McGee for now. No, I'm going to, Alberto. God. Alberto. Yes, America. There it is. Okay. Alberto himself becomes a copycat after he fakes his own death. Yeah, my that's where it gets too complicated by half. Well, that's where, in my opinion, like there's nothing that says or leads to that being a thing. Oh, no, you're like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, he's so dead. There's no way this could possibly be him. Yeah, there's no way he's still involved. He's dead. I think the twist of it being him is the best part. And I would have loved for Uh. that to be the thing. See, I don't like him. I don't like him being a part of it. But at the same time, I don't like him being a part of it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I no, no. I mean, I I think it'd be interesting for because to me now you're talking about a serial killer and two copycats who are completely and totally unrelated. 
And I think that's where you get to this point of like, so Harvey Dent doesn't know his wife's the original serial killer and he's just picking and choosing while Alberto's picking and choosing. And at no point do these two copycats ever go, who's the other person doing this? That's where the, that's the part where I think it gets too complicated by half is because they're not all in on it together. You know what yeah, I mean? And, and I, all three of them have been in on it together. And then the two face thing was just an, was just a complete like, Oh, the plan got fucked up and now we have two face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 Oh God, this two face thing happened and that's thrown our plan completely out of whack. Crap. We got to come clean. We, we, we got to end this now. Cause now Harvey's Harvey's two face. I would have been way more into that the fact that it's just random happenstance that they didn't cross over at all. I was like, okay, that's, you know, that's, or that's, that's, that's too complicated by half or the wife's not part of it or the, yeah. Like that, I, the wife thing to me is like now that, that well, here's, changes here's, here's, zero. Hold on. It changes zero in the story for the wife to not yeah. have been the first kill. The first three people changes nothing at all. Sure. And you, you. you make Harvey, Alberto's copycat, I'm there. Or vice versa. This is one of those things I was talking about when we were texting the other day after I finished reading and watching the movie was this is one of those things I think the movie just I think just did better. Yeah. It did differently and therefore better is that look, just make it two people and but but also I will say this in the movie Gilda is much more of a character. Gilda's barely in the book, and when she is, it's for like a panel. Yeah, you don't get her, any of her, the melodrama. <laughs> no, her her being a part of the conspiracy at the end in the book doesn't land as well as it does in the movie because in the end of the book, you're like, well, what the hell has she done? Been a part of all? When was she a part of all this? Yes, she was in the hospital for a while. Harvey said, go to bed. I'm going to go fight the Joker. And then the Joker, like, like, what did she, she saw him carrying a gun at one point. Like what part in all this did she play in the movie? You delve, you really delve into their relationship, their backstory. The whole thing with her and Alberto, I think is, is very good. It's because I think, because that's not in the book. No, because that's just in the movie. That's just the movie. And I really like that. I really like that. And so that's one of those things that the movie introduced that I'm like, ah, this is I, now granted. I don't know how well that would have worked in the book for a movie. That's one of those things where I'm like, th- they did this this way because it works better for a movie and it worked really well. It would have been neat to see them try that in the book, but I don't know how well that story would. Tra- it's a medium transfer. Certain things don't always translate as well. Correct. So that's that's that gray area I'm in where it's like the ending of the book is it's 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 just it's too they they over they overplayed it. It's too contrived. It's too contrived. They they overcomplicated it. They put they they got greedy is what it is. They got greedy with the mystery. They're like they got greedy with twists. Yeah. Like we'll put in this twist. Oh, but what if we put in another twist? Everyone loves twists because it's the nineties. Um, I think one. I think Shyamalan is put out Unbreakable at this point. No, that's not two thousand one. Um, but but people love twists. I think they got too ahead of themselves with the twists. I think I think I think Jeff Loeb got a little too into his own high on his own supply. 
the the movie was like mm, let's uncomplicate this a little bit yeah so yeah that that was my big thing is i i just feel like i know we're trying to play a batman who's not exactly the detective but I, 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 that was my only, that, that just to me is the biggest curveball out of nowhere that she was the, the original yeah. killer. That's honestly the only part of the book I genuinely have like a hang up with. I could probably, if I, cause even now just trying to think, I just reread it like, like the night before, like trying to go back and like think of anything else in the story that made me go like, ah, it's like, no, there's nothing that really like especially because like i've seen the movie more than i've read the book because it's just easier to easier to digest sure um and i love jensen eckles and uh and 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 also like we'll talk about her more but also like r.i.p naya rivera who, who's uh who's the voice of catwoman in the movie and i think they're they do a great job voice acting so i just i love watching the movie but um i'm hard up to think of anything in the book in particular from a story perspective that i'm really not on board with there's actually some things i mean like it's it's i think at this point i kind of need to just go into like comparing the movie and the book because anything else i could bring up is going to fall under comparison and we haven't talked much about the movie yet so let's well hold on (laughs) unless you've got something else you want to hit on here yeah let's start moving into the movie a bit i think the thing you'd mentioned before is not the problem of the writing but it is problem of the story is that because tim sales art is the tone it is you're right sometimes you're like who am i talking about who i don't you're you're verbalizing five or six different people and i'm not sure who they are because everybody looks the same in the art yeah and i think you in a movie or a cartoon depending on how you do it it's different because you can attach to like this is vd this is alberto this is the girl this is the this you've got got more time to like live with their face in a scene and you have to and you get the opportunity to do more with their emotions because it's moving yeah and you can put a voice to it so i think that is yeah. what kind of hurts the story because i think writing wise it's fantastic besides the end um yeah but no i oh yeah that that's my thing and as far as like going into the movie like i think the flip side is because you're not the biggest fan of the movie no no, I have seen and, the movie. I, and I will say, it's not my favorite by any stretch of the imagination. But there are certain things in the movie where I, I like it more than you. Because, of course, I do. But because <laughs> you hate everything and I like everything. Um, <laughs> but I will say, like, it's not my favorite. But I do think, like, you tell somebody, hey, you guys got to go make an animated adaptation of of The Long Halloween. My Your first thought is, I'm sorry, what? you you want you want me to do what i don't care how good of a director you are somebody i don't care how much of a batman fan you are if if look if bruce tim came in here right now and said to you and me let's we we want you guys to 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 write and direct a animated adaptation of of you know some other batman storyline my first reaction is going to be absolutely not i have no idea how to go about doing that so being the person tasked with and i I should probably uh say what what the person's name is uh uh, being chris palmer tasked with directing an anime an animated adaptation of this beloved story that that's intimidating it's intimidating and it's also like the thing of it is is comics are a page it's a still frame movies have movement and action 
So you have to decide what you're going to add to it. Like, I think the one thing I did like about the Dark Knight Returns is all of the action is kicked up because you have movement and action, which helps. I think with this movie, I think part of what throws me is they kick up the melodrama with everybody. Harvey Dent and his wife are blah, 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 to the point where I'm like, like Josh Jamel, settle down. This is just a cartoon. <laughs> well, but that's also that's also why you pick the cast you do is like those are because those are the performances you're going to remember. Yeah. Like, yeah, is everybody kind of like going from zero to a hundred with the voice acting in in this movie? Yeah, a thousand percent. Am I captivated by every line they're saying? Yeah, because they're they're voice acting like they act. Here's the that, that's the thing I want is the that's what I appreciate about a good voice actors who voice act the same way they regular act. And that's just kind of how Josh, Josh Duham, I'm not on how you say his last name. That's okay. Josh Duhamel, that's how he acts. That's just how he is. And it's not he's bad. Always, he's, and, and, and playing it to extremes like that, I think just fits who Harvey Dent is because Harvey Dent is extremes. See, and I think when it's the story of the long Halloween, I like it. Okay. When it's the added... For some reason, we have to give every all three of these characters, Batman, Gordon, and and Harvey Dent, more of their lives, of the relationships they have with their women. Right. I'm just checking out. You, I'm just you know, checking it's funny, out. It's funny you mention that because I think Gordon's actually kind of gets kind of gets the short end in the movie. He does. We see him. We we see more of them because um, because at this time in the in the comics. Uh, uh, baby girl Barbara Gordon wasn't there. Correct. They just had the son. Um, right. So in the movie, they were. It was that laying the breadcrumbs of Barbara, which is fine. Because, like I didn't mind which that. Is, which is fine. Yeah, his wife is almost not in it. But even when she is, it's mostly just because I think what they what they were trying to do, what they were expounding on. There's little bits of this in in the book. Is they were expounding on. Because again, all three of these characters—Gordon, Batman, and Dent—all of them, especially Dent—are not the same person at the end as they are at the beginning. And I think what's interesting is that they're they're showing us how the life these men live is affecting them outside of work. We see the effect it's taking on Bruce Wayne's personal life and his relationship with Alfred, his relationship with Selina. We see the toll that it's taking on, or that it's rather not taking on Gordon's personal life because his wife, he's got a family and his wife is there to say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I will, I will leave you out dinner. And she sees the moment because she sees the moments where he comes home. And the first thing he does, is he goes into his son's room and rocks with his son for a while. You know what I mean? But then you get to see how it's affecting Harvey's life. So I like getting to see, because it's one of those questions we, we, we ask ourselves as fans sometimes is like, what does this do to your personal life? Let's find out. But yes, you're right. That's part, and that's why this is the movie's in two parts, and that's why that's that when you're making a movie, it's like you got to flesh it out with something. Now they chose to flesh it out entirely with melodrama. You're absolutely <laughs> right. This goes full soap opera a few times. Now, is it good? Yes. Is it a lot? Also, yes. Like it's 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 mel like a good amount of melodrama is fine. If this you want much. that, if you want, if that. you want melodrama, yeah. And I think if there's a story that lends itself to some melodrama, it's the Long Halloween. And if you need to pad out something for runtime, melodrama is going to be the thing. 
but man, you're right. Do they pad out the melodrama, <laughs> especially with Harvey and his wife? But I will say this because of how good the ending of the movie is, it's not as good without the Harvey and Gilda melodrama. So you need that melodrama to make their altered ending hit as good as it does at the end. See, and I don't, I, I, depending on what part of the ending you're talking about. I'm about her involvement in everything. Okay. The yeah. Part, the part that was non-existent in the comics yeah. where suddenly she's just in on it. Yeah. Or suddenly she just is holiday and everyone else is a copycat. She's the OG. It's like, since when this is well, like, no, we get, we get to see early on, like Harvey's nuts. She's got her own shit going on too, though. Correct. And I think the, I, so here, here I'm a rant a little bit. So this is where you get into what the character is supposed to be. Batman in this storyline in the comic is learning. He has to be a detective. He's not the smartest man in the room yet. The bat far from it. The Batman in the movie is the current incarnation of Batman. You, you are correct. Yeah. So, Which is which the dialogue does not line up with. I will say that because they copy some of the I didn't know I had to be a detective dialogue into the movie. And the movie is a lot more tonally that Batman's a lot more detective yeah. focused than the book is not a, not all the way, but it's still very much like eh, this Batman's too good to be failing this hard. Yeah. And this is why the big one of the biggest issues I have besides a melodrama is there's no way in hell Batman lets her go. There's oh, no yeah. way in hell he lets her go. Yeah, Hell not this no. not this Batman. No, the Batman not, in the movie does not let Gilda go. No. That's where I'm like, even the Batman in the comic may not have unless there's like a guilt about it, which then you yeah. need to express of like, hey, I failed Harvey. I'm gonna let you go, but I ever get an ink now that I'm this bad dollar, but I ever get like yeah. an inkling that you're back or you're doing this, yeah, you're done. And I, that's my only, that's like a big thing. And I think that's kind of what they were going for. I think they were going for like, I'm going to let you go, but do not ever let me see you again. And I, I just don't, I don't buy that out of Batman. That is my. Out of Batman in general or out of this version of Batman? In general, like Gordon, I could see doing that because he's a little bit more guilt ridden and a little more. Oh, see, I'm, I'm on the flip. I think Batman's the first one to be like, am I ever, are you ever going to do this again? Am I ever going to see you again? Get the hell out of Gotham. Yeah. I think Gordon's, I, th- I think Gordon's the one who would be like, no, we need to lock her up. Possible, I, I yeah. think I, cause here's the thing. And they, they're never, they, it's never alluded to ever again. I don't think Batman has ever told Gordon about Gilda. Well, because that's in, in the com that's in the cartoon of the comic. <laughs> well, no, but that's what I'm saying is like, I, I mean, ever. Because 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 Guild is one of those characters who's just kind of never mentioned again. Correct. In the books, in the book, Gilda. Because because granted, the long Halloween, it's it's kind of a one off, kind of not. It it depends on the, how technically you want to get here. Um, Gilda is is a character that was created for the long Halloween, and and it never shows up again. So that's why I th- I think only only three people living know that Gilda was involved and that's Gilda Batman and Harvey. You know what I mean? Um, cause Maybe. the way, cause the way it's done in the movie, it was all Gilda and Harvey just realizes at the end that it was Gilda and takes the fall. Yeah. 
which is kind of what they're alluding to in the book, but it's not super clear because again, we spend like no time with Gilda. Yeah. Um. So what I what I appreciate about about Gilda's use in the movie is is just that it it just it 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 simplifies the ending. Yes. It's it it, it takes the ending and it just makes it it just it doesn't guys it's just complicated enough. It's it's just complicated enough. Harvey Dent and, and, unintentionally or intentionally copycatting his own wife as the serial killer is a lot yeah. better story than two copycats. Yeah, because because the way because because they're presented because even if you just remove Alberto from the comic book part of it and it's still just Gilda and Harvey, it's still executed better in the movie. I think so. I but again, that's because we give a crap about Gilda in the movie yeah. besides in Batman the, letting her go. I still don't I, don't. I see. I see. I think, I think Batman's the first, I, I guess I think Batman's the first one because he's done it before he does it. He does it a lot where he's like, this was something you did. That was bad. I get why you did it. I don't condone what you did. You're never going to do it again. If I ever see you again, I'm putting you in jail. Yeah. I don't like, it's 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 the it's the robberies one like day. Catwoman. It's the one bad day, but also everyone yeah. she killed was bad. And I think and because even Batman has to admit to himself a couple times in the book, in the book and the movie, where he's yeah. like, "Should I care?" <laughs> like <laughs> the question comes up a lot. It's like we're putting you know because again we see those elements of their personal lives and they they mention where it's like guys we're putting in a lot of work to protect some pretty bad people. Like there's some irony in that when you think about it. You know, we're we're going out of our way to protect one mob boss from another. Uh, it, it's what a what a life to live, you know. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's it's just it's it's one of those like the, even in the movie the the good stories the good important story beats are all there. Obviously, when you're doing it with a medium transfer, you've got to fill in some of the you got to fill in some of the gray area. What do you fill it with? Drama, because especially because especially because they're going for the R rating. And they don't abuse it. They go for the R rating be just so they can make a faithful adaptation. Because there's just some stuff in the in the book that it's like if you're this is there's no way to do it without an R rating. And yeah. but like I said, they're very. This is one of those times where, and I know we keep saying we're going to have this, we're going to have this conversation, and when we have the time, we will. But this is in the discussion of R rated comic book properties that that you and I keep tiptoeing around. Where <laughs> when it's stuff like. Deadpool or Logan, it's not as it's it's not as much your thing. When it's stuff like this, where it's R-rated for themes and a single F bomb, how do you feel? I think when I think this is a good R rating as far as this, the animated. This is as far as R-rated animation goes, this is the kind of thing that that you're like, this is this is where we need to be. Even though the language thing, whatever. It's one F-bomb. But it doesn't bother me. My thing is, yeah. like, my thing with something like the R rating of Logan is that there's nothing it brought because he was just as violent, just as everything, and adding curse words, in my opinion, doesn't make a movie better when it's a comic book thing. When it's Goodfellas and people of that lifestyle speak that way makes total sense. I don't ever needed to see Professor X dropping an F-bomb. <laughs> Oh, oh, I, I, I get it. But like, I get, I get that can be dry. It's, 
uh, but again, this also says more about who I am as a person than anyone else, anything well, else. And I think I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's back and forth. Like, but with this particular one, like, I think you have to make it R because it is about a serial killer. Like if you did a story that was about Dr. You know, Mr. Zaz, you're probably gonna have to do an R or just show nothing of what he's done. At which, which at that point, what's the point? Yeah. So you know I, I mean? think. I, I like, could well, you say PG 13 horror? Sure. Whatever. Oh, sure. Cause but, honestly the, the book other than just the blood from the murders doesn't show anything. And, 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 and two face being scary as all hell. Um, it's not that it's not that adult. It's just, it's just a dark, it's just a very dark story. And it deal, it just, it's a story that deals with very adult themes. It deals with the mob. It deals with murder. It deals with, um, uh, infidelity. It deals with really adult stuff. It's like there's no child that's going to read this story under the age of 15 that's going to understand half of what's going on. Yeah. Especially today. Yeah. But even back then, a child in the night, anyone under the age of 15 in the 90s was probably, unless they were just a gifted child, was probably not going to get half of what was going on in this book. No kids were, especially. And so, yeah, when, you, when it comes to, even though it's an animated movie, you know, you market it as it's an animated movie. It's it's an adult animated movie. It's an animated movie for grownups. As far as rated R, because there's some of the animated ones that go rated R where eh, even for me, I'm like, did we have to? Yeah. Did we have to really? I mean, like the costume one I get. That one's that one's fine. You know, Dark Knight Returns fine. This one is one of those like, yeah, if you wanted to show this animated movie to your young children, I would say as long as they're over the age of maybe 10, they'll probably be fine. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing too bad but no I, there's there's a, there's a single f-bomb in the last five minutes of the second movie yeah. that's it that's the worst the language gets oh somebody calls somebody else a son of a bitch but that's yeah. about it what do you think of the voice acting i think the voice acting is pretty good for the most part i mean obviously we all know how much i love jensen eggles as batman um i think naya rivera is a very good selena kyle in this and it's it's uh, you know again we'd be remiss if we didn't mention you know rest in peace naya rivera who uh, the movies are dedicated to who who passed away in a boating accident uh, far too young uh, prior to the release of this movie. Um, I think I, I now I'm on the record and, and I know you're not a gamer. I'm on the record as I love Troy Baker's Joker because it's the same voice he uses for the video games and a couple of other animated features. And for somebody who was hired specifically to be young Mark Hamill's Joker I think he does a very good job. I think his Joker, it's become more his own thing in the years since. Because the first time he did it, it was like, hey, you're playing a younger version of Mark Hamill's Joker. Do that. Yeah. Um, in the time since then, he's gotten to do the Joker a lot more, and he's come to kind of create his own thing with it, and I really appreciate that. So I like his Joker in this. Um, I'll tell you who I'm surprised how much really stuck with me, like how much I think about their performances are – um jack quaid as alberto falcone and um david desmalchin as calendar man yes i think they both i was i was really impressed with how much because jack quaid i mean first of all jack quaid's awesome not yeah. just in the boys jack quaid's just kind of universe greatest superman too yeah. just kind of universally awesome and um i had forgotten that he was the voice of alberto in this when i watched it the other day and i was Same. like oh yeah and i watched it and i was like Man, you know, he doesn't have a ton of time in this movie. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. No, I and, think and David S. Malchin is candle as count because David S. Malchin always gives 110%. Him as calendar man is flawless. 
No, I think all of them is good. I, I think like Jensen Ackles, I think my biggest issue with him is just because I know him. He's a supernatural guy. He's the the coach from Smallville. So there's times where I'm just like, it's not Batman. It's Jason that Jensen Ackles. Well, I feel bad. Me, I shouldn't be that way. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> well, yes, and here, here, here's where it's hard for me because I was not a supernatural. I never watched Supernatural. I was not a fan. I only got watched like the first season. Um, for me, he's Red Hood. Fair. A lot of folks forget he was Red Hood and under the Red Hoods. He's Jason Todd to me. So I have a hard time digesting him as Batman because all I hear is Red Hood. Um, so it's it's but but I like his Batman voice more than I like his Bruce Wayne voice. Let me say that much. Yes. I, I buy I buy him as Batman. I do not buy him as Bruce Wayne. And I think at one point I'm watching the movie and Ryan walked in. It's I don't remember what he said, and she's like, "Uh oh, Jensen's having a hard time keeping that Texan out of his voice." <laughs> <laughs> I my roommate came downstairs when I was watching this, and 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 she she was like, "Oh, I thought you were watching Supernatural for a second, because all she could hear is Jensen Eccles. And I'm yep. like, "Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's he's got a very distinct voice and a very distinct career. It's hard to, you know." yeah it's like, you know it's, it's, it's set the front walks in the room and he goes hey, hey, hey and then he leaves like that's what he does he does his peter laugh and he leaves yeah um so he's fine yeah the one we need to talk about i think that was josh duhamel is two-face yeah he's fine i, I he's he's, uh, he's fine except when he's not <laughs> <laughs> he's fine except for when he's not because there's a because there's a couple here's what i will say i love his two-face voice Yes. I think his two-faced voice, I had to Google it to make sure it wasn't the guy from the 90s. Richard Ball. Thank you. I was so sure they brought him back to record this voice for, for this movie because I was like, it's too good. There's no way that's still Josh Duhamel. There is no way. I do not believe you. It's like when you tell me that Colin Farrell was in the Batman. Sure, everybody says that, but I haven't seen him. Yeah. So... So that's what I will say is that when he is Two-Face, I'm in 100%. When he's Harvey Dent, I'm in more than I'm not, but I'm not in all the time. He goes, when it gets to the melodrama, I'm just like, why is it going to go over there and go like, like Harvey, shut up. We're in public. I know. <laughs> why are you yelling? <laughs> like The stuff with him and Gilda, I like. The stuff with him and Batman and Gordon I is hit or miss with me. I don't know what it is when he's when he's when he's having the softer moments with Gilda. It's 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 but again, I think that also lends up to how well those moments are written. Um, it's very good when he's like like when he's with Batman in the warehouse and he's being a smart ass about should we take the money or not? I was like, I don't, I don't buy this. I don't know. Something is not jiving with with his performance or like when they're having the argument on top of the uh, on top of police headquarters whatever it is it just it i don't know i i feel like josh had a harder time dialing into this care into this movie than i think even he thought i, I think he went into recording this confident and at some point in the process that confidence got shook i don't know what it was maybe they recorded his regular stuff after they recorded his two-faced stuff Maybe they did his two-faced stuff last and he was frustrated and that's what made such a good performance. I don't know, but something happened in the process of recording his Harvey Dent stuff where it just wasn't 
hitting as often as you would have liked. You know what I mean? Well, and because some of these things, like I think we have the misconception that the movie's done, you come do the voice acting in an afternoon. That's not always right. the case. If they change things, they re-edit things. Sometimes these people have to come back and do it. It is sometimes oh, yeah. that they just do it in a day, depending yeah. on the project. So it feels like maybe he had a hard time if he had to come back dialing back into what he was supposed to be doing. That's why I'm wondering if maybe they just did his in a day. Like maybe he was had a scheduling thing and they just had a day to do his. I don't know. Like I, I like know. that dude. I love him. I like Transformers Josh movies. a lot. Like he's just, one of the good. He should have been the one we followed in those movies, not Shia LaBeef. They should have just said he was Duke and give him his own GI Joe film. I'm all I'm saying. I'm cool with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, it just something happened, and I, and I, I love Josh. It's just something when he was doing Harvey Dent, because again, his Two Face is flawless. Oh yeah. Oh, it's his Two Face is scary um but yeah man that's the one that where it's it's kind of this it's similar with with jensen eccles it's like when he's batman it's great when he's bruce wayne mm, flip a coin yeah not well, not the, the flip a coin joke not intended but that worked out perfectly <laughs> uh yeah uh a few of the others we can mention i mean billy burke is commissioner gordon's fine um he's not in the movie a whole heck of a lot it's okay um it's fine it, it's 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 jim gordon yeah he just needs to sound gruff um um you know the little bit of time we get with john dimaggio was mad hat i will say the 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 mad hatter we didn't say this i didn't mention this when we talked about the book i'm so glad the mad hatter scarecrow stuff from the book is in this movie <laughs> because first of all that is a batman villain pairing i didn't know i needed and now i need a a live action movie of that like yesterday um and the way that mad hatter and scarecrow are written in both the book and the movie because the movie pretty much one for one adapts it um are both just that's like that good fun batman uh shenanigans that are happening um and i will say john dimaggio as as the mad hatter good stuff like that a lot loved I love in the book when they take turns yelling poetry back at each other in their hideout. Yeah. For no reason other than the fact that they're just weird. And then I love very uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Exactly what I was about to say. It's reminded me of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and I loved it. And I love it in the movie as well. And a lot of that's because John DiMaggio is always a good bender as the Mad Hatter. Yes, please. Aquaman. Uh, Again. Outrageous. (laughs) Um, but you also, I mean, you get a, a surprise appearance by Katie Sackhoff as, as Poison Ivy, which, don't get me wrong, like most nerds, I have a crush on Katie Sackhoff. Didn't know I needed her as Poison Ivy in my life. Now I kind of need that to happen. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it, it's not, not, the voice cast is pretty good. It's not, like, mind-blowing, except for when it is, Josh Duhamel's Two-Face. But it's good. Pretty I, good. I think the biggest... Here, here goes my 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 big negative wrap up. In a way, okay. is I think a noir detective story is very hard to pull off in animation. Yes, especially when your voice cast may not be right for that genre. Yeah, like, I think they were good picks for the characters. Maybe not the story. Yes, and I think that's where this ultimately the wrap up of like 
I have still yet to stay awake for both parts front to back. I had to watch it in pieces because I kept falling asleep. Oh, Long Halloween. Yeah, the, the movie. Yeah. I, it's just not, it doesn't grab me. And it and it sucks because like Jensen Axels apparently is the Batman for a while in all of the animation stuff. He is now. He and is currently, it's not so much for a while. He's only been in a couple, but yeah. he is currently the one they're using for their Tomorrowverse series of animated movies which is perfect i think he's he's, he's great, great in it it's, i just think this particular i have not yet thing, seen legion of superheroes i need to watch that one because that's the other one that he's in i need to watch it first it's really good I, it's really I, I, know, I know you said it's good i haven't watched it yet i'm gonna watch it but no i think that's the thing is it's um <clears throat> i just think this cast wasn't right for, like if you use this cast to do hush thumbs up i want to say yes but that hush movie was so bad uh, anything would have been better. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, you're here thousand percent right. Like because they because they they put that. We'll talk. We're not going to talk about the Hush movie right now. Um, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a good cast. The cast is in the. It's the same thing that happened with the Suicide Squad movie. It's a great cast. The cast is in a bad movie. Um, yeah. This is the difference where this cast is in a good movie, but they're in the wrong movie. Yeah. Um. So. I, so that's that's where I'm at with that. Uh, one thing I will say uh, in terms of relating the movie to the comic book, I don't know which version of Falcone I prefer because both versions are presented differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and by that I mean the way he um, handles his family, because in the book Falcone is far more affectionate towards alberto yeah then he is in the in the movie he treats him like garbage and that's kind of that idea of like that's laying the seeds for you to think that albert if again especially if you're if you're watching the movie for the first time as someone who's read the book and you think you know what's coming having falcone having out having um carmine and alberto have a tense relationship is a great red herring setup for you thinking Alberto is going to be the killer at the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the book, Carmine loves his son. Oh yeah. He's trying to keep him out of the business so he can go do something else, but he loves his son. He's not cruel. He's not, he's, he's not cruel to him. He, he, he's kind of a, he's kind of a mother hen with him. Yeah. And that makes and that makes Alberto resentful, which again kind of plays into the, this is why the Alberto part doesn't work. In in the in the movie, he's he's very cold to Alberto. But I will say, even on the flip of that, he's far his his daughter is far more the 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 light of his life in the movie than she is in the book. Yes. In the book, it's like she is really having to work for his attention and his affection. Whereas in the in the movie, it's clear she was the favorite. Yeah. So I don't know if that was another change or something. I'm not sure what the if that was a, a meant to be another mislead or something. Maybe I'm not sure. I I'm not, but I'm also not sure which one I prefer. To be honest with you, I, I like both takes, but a lot of that in the in the movie lends itself to the performances, and because I prefer the ending, but <laughs> I like the way it's written in the book. I like the way I, I like the way Falcone is written in both of these. Honestly, uh, Carmine Falcone is a very underrated Batman character. I think. I think. I don't think he gets used enough uh, in stuff. I think he's I, dead in the book. Well, he's, he's <laughs> dead in the Batman, 
and he's we know his son's alive or at least at least in the dceu his son was alive because that's who batman was taking down with the flash at the beginning of the movie but who's who's going to know what's going on going forward but um i it's i always like having i, I know batman's there to fight supervillains, and i know this book is about him transitioning into supervillains. i still like it when he fights the mob though yeah he but i love a good mob story well, that's what we think. Um, what do you guys, or do you have more? Yeah, I, don't know, I really don't know what else to say, honestly, because I, because this is one of those I could talk about forever because there's so much to, to pick apart and, and break through. It's it, look, if you haven't read the long Halloween, if you, if you're looking for one, uh, here's, here's what I'll, here's what I'll put to you. And I know, I think I know what your answer is going to be. If, if someone wants to get into the long Halloween, they say, what should I do first? Watch the movie or read the book. Read the book. What would you have them do? Read the book. Don't watch the movie. Read, read the book. Oh, so you were just tell them don't watch the movie? No, I would. <laughs> oh, see, I would tell them watch the movie first, then read the book. No, I I'd read the book because the the reason is because I want to know what they think of the ending. Ah, I want them. I want them to watch the movie not knowing the ending, and then I want them to read the book and get the book's ending. And I want to see which one they prefer. See, if if the movie itself was a two hour movie and not three hours of time, I'd probably suggest watching the movie that that's fair it For, is it is it is two hour and a half animated movies so that's fair it's too much <laughs> it's, of a, it, and it's a lot i hate to be this way it's too much of a schlock i don't it I, is a lot i won't watch and it I, again <laughs> and I, I, it's, it's, I don't go back to it often and I usually only go back for part two because part two has most of the action in it, and I'm that asshole. Um, yeah, look, I, I like the movie more than more than I think most people did. I liked it a lot. I do think the book, however, while the ending is not everything it could be, I think the book itself is is a, a real, real piece of comic book art. I think, other than a few a few character designs, I think I think Tim Sale does some excuse me some really really good work with the designs in this book every every page looks like every page could be framed every page of this book could be put into a frame you've probably seen some frames some pages from this book shared on social media as art and or seen or seen versions of it and things i guarantee you if you love the dark knight which will be breaking down uh next week um a lot of what influ- a lot of Harvey's story from the Dark Knight is in the Long Halloween, almost yeah. verbatim, even down to the shots of Gordon and Harvey and Batman on top of the police station by the bat signal. That is straight from this book, and the story about Carmine Falcone and his connection to the Wayne family that is straight out of this book. So if you like that stuff from the Batman, that's where this com- the, the scene where he's on Thomas Wayne's table being having bullets removed is in this book yeah so if you're looking for truly a truly influential piece of batman um i cannot recommend the book enough the movie is what it is um that's what we think of this we'd love to know what you guys think please let us know by hitting us up on twitter uh, at we are the batman you can also follow the show on good pods good pods is a cool podcast app where you guys can rate and comment individual episodes of our show. We're both on there. It's like social media. It's like a social media podcast for that. If you're big into podcasting, uh, we've been doing very well over there on pod on good pods. We've been, our number, we've been like the number two weekly indie hobbies podcast for like weeks. So thank you guys so much for that. If you're not over there on Good Pods yet, please consider uh, joining us. Um, if you guys would like to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Mr. Mike Shea. You can find me at Mr. J Ninja. 
that is going to do it this week on we are the batman we'll see you guys again next week for a breakdown of 2008's dark knight same bat time same bat podcast channel bye-bye